And we're back. I'm James. This is the Grizz Fan Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Brent. No Luke. And I'm James. All right. How do you guys laugh at that? Because you, 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 you make weird noises every time. So, question. That's offensive. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> question for you. Oh. <laughs> we got a special guest appearance from Hannah, Hannah, who's concerned that the dog ate her cereal. Oh. The dog might have eaten the cereal. Yeah. All right. James, do you have a football game today? Yeah. How'd it go? Good. Tell us about it. I got to pick six. Whoa. You had a better day than Green Bay Packers and the 49ers combined, I think. Yay. <laughs> pick yeah. six, dude. That's amazing. Awesome work, man. Okay. Give me the breakdown of the play. How'd it go? Uh, <laughs> Was it like deflected or did you just hop the route? I just topped in. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he kind of. He was like running a slant, and then I just got in front of him and James, picked it off. Nice. Yeah, he was playing linebacker, and he just kind of stuck his hands up, pulled it down, and we were they were really close to the end zone, and boom, touchdown! It touchdown! Was like the first play of the drive. Yeah, and that was against one of your good buddies, right? Hayden. Yeah, he's a good kid, isn't he? E. Did yep. you Did you do a touchdown dance? No. no, he did kind of half spike the ball. Like <laughs> the awesome. same thing he does with baseball sometimes. Oh, Lord. Oh, I love it. That's amazing. Congrats, dude. That's so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was pretty fun. Was that the highlight of your weekend or was the Grizz game the highlight of your weekend? Probably that. I think so. I've never did an interception pick six before. Well, probably because you only played like center. That's fair. I played a lot of offensive line, which you played some offensive line today, too. Wow. Which is interesting. You're just a versatile guy all over the field. <laughs> Where were we on the offensive line? Interior? Um, mostly just everywhere. Right <laughs> New guard, bag left guard, center. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, you're getting all the positions on in, huh? Mm-hmm. So you're O-line and you're a linebacker. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And tight end a lot in practice, but... They didn't move you around as much today. No. Right. Which is fine. It happens. That's the way it goes. Yeah. I'm probably going to get a few times at tight end. I would think so because you know you're not the biggest guy to play lineman. If we have like four big guys on the field, I would probably be tight end. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, congrats, buddy. Happy for you. What? Uh, who was the best player in the Grizz game yesterday? <laughs> Actually, I'm going to give you a second to think of that because – the James's team won eighteen to, to 12. twelve. Oh, okay. And they scored their touchdown with seventeen seconds left to win the game. Mm. So James's touchdown was in the first. Wow. Um, uh, James's buddy Nolan, who briefly joined us on the pod a couple weeks ago, scored the winning <laughs> right. touchdown. But you should describe what how that went. Which way? The, the game winning touchdown. The game winning touchdown. Yeah. Let's hear it. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to. Describe. It was crazy. Like he caught a pass and. So our league is two-hand touch. Right. He, like, juked past seven defenders, and all of them, like, one-hand touched him. And then he had the go-ahead, juke one defender, and then spin move. And then he just had and one then, more juke, and then he just got in. Put his foot down and scored a touchdown. Just Reggie Bush the whole thing. Yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. my gosh. I mean, like... And he started, we were on the sidelines like, what just happened? And he started running towards the sideline because he like took his spin move off too early. Oh. One of the dads from the other team listens to this pod, 
And I think he's going to agree with us that it was, it was probably one of the crazier touchdowns we've ever seen. Like it was kind of improbable. Like I don't know how. That's wild. In two hand touch, you juke away and spin away from that many kids. It's incredible. He said that it could go down in one of the best plays in MYF history. (laughs) It was something. I wish somebody had had it on film because we would tweet it out for the masses. (laughs) All right. Um, Now. What? Who was your best performer for the Grizz game? Grizz game. There's a lot of people that did good, like Cole Grossman on that one pass. Oh, yeah. That was like 50 yards. Yep. Patrick O'Connell just tearing up the O-line like he always does. Yeah, Patrick O'Connell's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, he is. Didn't he help get the safety? The Braxton kid, Hill pressure, got the but Braxton safety. Hill caught him and got yeah. the safety. O'Connell, like, I feel like they could give him a pressure on almost every QB dropback. What about Tom Brady? What about Tom Brady? What about Tom Brady? Oh, are you saying could Patrick O'Connell sack Tom Brady? Yeah. Absolutely. What about Lamar Patrick? Uh, Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Um, that might be that might be tougher. Challenging. I think both of those guys are a little bit faster than Tom Brady. Based on today's game, he could probably get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, just a, just a little bit faster. Aaron Rodgers maybe regretting his comeback. Oh my god! I think so are Packer fans. Whoa! I said Jordan Love. The only time I watched the Packer game was when Jordan Love was in. Oh, so. Yeah, that's when we turned Late. it off in our house. Flip it over to the red zone. Watch more entertaining games. There's some fun games today, though, huh? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of missed kicks. How are you as a kicker, James? Have you ever tried kicking a field goal? Yeah. Yeah? Kind of. Yeah, just kind of. Okay. I haven't done it off a tee. I usually punt it into, like, the field goal. Gotcha. Gotcha. You can do that MYF, like the drop kick, extra point. That's in flag. In his level, they don't really even do kicks. We just start from the 40 and work our way. Yeah. It's like a 50. Oh, cool. And then you... It's a 50-yard field. To go for one, you're from like the three. And to five. go for two, or from the five, to go for two, you're from the 10. Oh, interesting. Well, there you go. And yeah. our game, we got no two-point conversions on one. Neither That's the way it goes. Did, yeah. All of us, our team went for two every time, and the other team went for one every time. Grizz didn't get any two-point conversions either. <laughs> no they point. didn't try, but no. they... I think they tried once, didn't they? Oh, they did try yeah. once, because, oh, yeah. because our kicker the missed kicker the... Blocked, yeah, yeah, like, we're oh, just... The kick got blocked. Yeah. It was a little low, but it that something like that. Well, it wasn't our kicker's fault. All right. It was a low kick? Or I no, didn't see. No, they blocked it. Well, yeah, but... But, I mean, sometimes if you kick it low... A higher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Anything else from the Grizz game that you want to highlight before we, we make you pick the big sky this week? Um, what was James? What was your pregame meal headed into that the Grizz game? Burger. Yeah, burger. Yeah, yeah. Grizz what, kids. I was gonna say. So okay. the Grizz kids had some tailgate where they were giving away a ton of food. So like, yeah, free steak, free burgers. Like, free all onions. these kids are over at our tailgate and they're running around. And then one of the dads comes over and is like, "These guys gotta go to Grizz kids." So all the boys like march over there <laughs> and they come back like literally. Burgers and steak. <laughs> I mean, it was like incredible. Like, I almost thought about going over myself. You should have. I should have. Oh, like, these jerks over here have just tacos. Yeah. yeah. But no the fun. burgers were a little undercooked. Hey, that's how they're. At that least one side. So it makes them good. Yeah. But like cold still? No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. Grizz Kids is a pretty good, pretty special organization. Absolutely. They do, they do a good job. Absolutely. Well, Tyler Hobbs is part of that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think my office has some sponsors. I know a lot of people support it. And, yep. um, 
Yeah, they do some real cool stuff. Yep. So, yeah. All right. What else? Okay. Uh, you want to pick some games? One, Lucas Johnson was great. Oh, yeah. He's and been great. These, these past two games in a row, he's he's the right guy for this offense, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's fun to watch. I Someone to me yesterday said they wish he wasn't a senior. Oh, that was my father-in-law. He said he wish he wasn't a senior. Get two more, one more year of Lucas. Like, just, you know, more time with him would have been great. But yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Because he, he actually is probably one of the best Qs in FCS right now. You think if so? If not the best. If not the best. Yeah, because he, he has FBS experience. That's true. So does that Sermon kid at uh, Northern Colorado. And he's a backup. Allegedly. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't get this. That's like the Chris Bobby Halk putting Chris Brown in ahead of Lucas. Oh, well. If that happens, it's probably going to be because Lucas Johnson's injured. Yeah, well, let's hope that doesn't happen, right? It'd be <laughs> nice to have a season with a healthy QB the whole way, huh? Mm-hmm. When was the last, what was the last season we had where QB went from game one all the way to the finish? I think Dalton Sneed on like no, one of his last. Dalton missed. Dalton missed a bit. Yeah, on like one of his first seasons, I remember he played like the entire year. I feel like, I don't know, James. I think you got to go back to like, I think Jordan Johnson. Who? <sighs> you were a baby. I was a baby. <laughs> I, was a I guess I think Cole, Cole Berkwist probably made it through all of the 08 season. Except for the, the national title game. He got knocked out for a little bit, but all right. Yeah. Uh, let's see, dude. We always have you pick games for the mm-hmm. weekend. Do you want to pick games, or there is a question we have from a fan for you? Question, then games. You want to do the question? All right, give me a quick second. It is on... Okay. Justin Martinko is asking, uh, obviously, that we love the Grizz, but Justin is curious, what are is our, it a second team? our favorite FBS teams, oh. you included, James? So I'm going to let you think Dang about it. it. I'm going to let you think about it. I have like three right off the bat. That's fine. So for me, unfortunately, as of right now, it's the Wisconsin Badgers. Because um, my family's all from Madison, Wisconsin. My dad is alumni of the University of Madison, Wisconsin. And the Badgers just lost to Washington State. So. Um, and they were ranked 19, weren't they? Yeah, they're not going to be ranked anymore, but yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Washington like, pulled the Idaho, Idaho almost beats Washington State, and then Washington State beats the Badgers. So, yeah, it's, it might be a, I don't know, rough go of it in Badgerville. Did so, Idaho beat Indiana? No, they did not. They played tight with them for a bit, but then. First quarter, they were up like 10 nothing. Yeah. And then Indiana scored a touchdown, and there it goes. Let me see. That the final we had there was, where you at? Where you at? 35-22. Idaho scored 12 points in the fourth quarter to make it respectable. So, no. It, I, think, I think Idaho fans have to be happy with what they got. But, yeah. So, FBS. I'm a Badger fan. Uh, I also... Uh, Kyle on the pod and another friend of mine, JR, are big USC guys. And I get a lot of USC information when I'm talking with them. So <laughs> yeah. I kind of follow them too. Caleb because, Williams. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I don't know if I'm like a fan fan, but they're, they're, they're a fun team to follow. So yeah. that's mine. They do seem like they're going to kind of be fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What about you? What's the question? Uh, favorite uh, team, a favorite FBS team, if you got one. 
I don't really have one. I have a handful of teams okay. that I kind of root for. Well, since you're a Yankees fan, watch, we know you're an Alabama fan, no. too. So. No. Just kidding. No. <laughs> Dad, you are not allowed to be in an Alabama fan. No. They don't deserve number one. Texas almost beat them. Exactly, and Texas is unranked. They don't deserve to be number one. <laughs> You're not completely wrong, but I'm sure the voters that Jeff Cho defense figured out Alabama. I guess so. God, <laughs> thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, Mike has no FBS favorite teams. I really don't. Um, I mean, I'll root for the. Places that people I knew went, so like Washington, Washington State. State and Washington, because that's where Notre my Dame. Went. My brother-in-law is a Notre Dame alum. Um, Buff, rough yeah. weekend. James cheered for Ohio State against Notre Dame two weeks ago, <laughs> and I broke his heart. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I think Marshall broke it more. How <laughs> <laughs> did they even win? Yep, I don't um, get this. Clemson in the first year they won the title was kind of fun, but it's like once teams get established, then they kind of get annoying in kind of college bad. football, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not it, kind of, so, it kind of becomes fun to like be like a hater of a team that has like long term success at some points, you know, where it's like so, like a hater yeah. of Comes Ohio from the State. Fan. Uh, I know, yeah, I shouldn't I say love that. Ohio State. You love Ohio State, is that what yeah. you're saying over there? It's either Georgia or Ohio State. See, here's the Yankee fan in the family. I love this. So, Georgia or Ohio State, huh? Mm-hmm. Can we talk you into Rutgers? No. <laughs> I don't know why. I, when I was like five, I thought they were the Scarlet Knights and their, and um, their like mascot was Rutgers. I have been in their basketball arena. Ohio State's and past their football stadium. They're impressive. It's kind of a... Their football stadium's huge. Yeah, it's huge. It's, it's like very huge. five... Oh, no, not five stories. It's more than that. It's yeah, no, it's like big. Six it's or big. seven. Those Big Ten stadiums are the real deal. <clears throat> They're mm. large, at least. They're not the real deal if you compare it to NFL. Some of them. Michigan has, a, what, 105, 110? 110 what? Split. Seats. Like Michigan, Michigan and Penn State both hold over a hundred thousand. What about the Cowboys? What do they hold? Like like eighty five or ninety. I don't know if there's an NFL stadium that holds over a hundred. I think maybe think Washington's stadium gets close. Yeah, but I don't I'm not I think sure. you're right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's crazy. College. Some college teams put in more. So now you learn something. You want to pick some games, dude, for this coming week? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. It's getting a little interesting in the big sky. <clears throat> Cal Poly, who won by one point, plays South Dakota. South Dakota. Okay, it's in South Dakota. Drake, not the rapper, plays Idaho, in Idaho. Drake. If it was the rapper, the rapper would win. <laughs> So you're going with Idaho? Idaho, yeah. Idaho. Central Arkansas. 0-2 Central Arkansas. Move up Central Arkansas. Goes to Idaho State. 0-2 Idaho State. <laughs> no. I, I don't know. Do you want to know who the two teams are that Central Arkansas lost to, James? Hmm. Missouri State and Ole Miss. Is who Idaho State lost to? Or? Uh, Central Arkansas. Missouri State is ranked... 
fifth in the FCS, and yeah. Ole Miss is ranked 22nd in the FBS. Mm-hmm. So two losses that you really can't say that they were bad losses. All right, all right, all right. Another what about one. Idaho State? I, I knew you were going to ask me that. Hang on one second. So Idaho State has lost to UNLV. UNLV. And San Diego State. <laughs> Dig. Could be a coin toss. It's, it's in Pocatello. Home opener for the Mighty Bengals. Wait, so they got week one off? No. But Sacramento State had a bye last week, but yeah. No, Idaho State had a bye last week. No, they played two games. UNLV and uh, San Diego State. UNLV was in week zero. I apologize. I I know So yeah, so they they had a week off, yes. (laughs) They actually had this last week off, both Idaho State and Sac State, right? (laughs) Why did did Sac State get it off? They didn't play in week zero. I don't know. They've only played one game. So I got their bye under their belt. So that's their bye for the season? I guess, yeah. Wow. Just wow. All right. Central Arkansas or Idaho State? Because <sighs> they both have one FBS loss. Idaho, Idaho State, State has two. State has two. But Central Arkansas went up to five ranked Missouri State. Yeah, yeah. In the FCS. So and let's lost. put the matches together. Missouri State versus UNLV. Probably a close game. I think Missouri State would maybe beat UNLV. I would say UNLV would win. And then Ole Miss versus... Ole Miss would beat everybody in this field, yeah. <laughs> oh, so even both of those are... Do you want to come back to that one? Yes. Okay. Before the quiz game. Okay, it gets way easier. <laughs> North Dakota plays Northern Arizona. Mm. North Dakota. North Dakota. Okay. Okay. Except NIU could pull off an upset. Sac State, 1 0 Sac State, goes to 0 2 Northern Iowa. There's some tough games to pick this week. <sighs> Who did Northern Iowa lose to? I should have pulled up everybody's schedule before I started asking you these. Give me one quick second here. So Northern Iowa has played two games. They lost to Air Force, mm-hmm. oh, and they lost to North Dakota by two points. Two points and then like 35 points. Yeah, yeah. Air, Air Force put it to them. Air Force is a tough team to play. I don't like Air Force's football channel because they re-air every home game like three times a day. You don't like that much triple option? No, they air it from like <laughs> 7 to 10. <laughs> then they take like a two-hour break. Oh, there it is again. We're back. 12 to 3. <laughs> two-hour break. 5 to 8. Two-hour break. 10 to 1. Oh, man. All right. So, Sacks on the road. It's in Cedar Falls. What do you think? <sighs> Sack had a week off. But you and I has not won a game yet this year. Except you and I can, is just a team with a hard schedule usually. Yeah, yeah. You and I is going to win four games and go to the playoffs. You better book it. And then Sac State, they come off a week and then they beat um, Portland State? No. 
I don't think it was anyone it was of like any sort of some Western. Uh, no, oh. Utah Tech. Which is Dixie Which State. Is Dixie State. Yes. I honestly am going to pull off an upset here and go with Northern Iowa. I like it. Okay. I know what you're going to ask me, so I'm going to open this up in advance. Northern Colorado. Mm. 0-2 Northern Colorado. Goes to Beaumont, Texas. Do you know who plays in Beaumont, Texas? Uh, North Dakota State. The Lamar Cardinals. Lamar. Lamar, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> what well, if Lamar Jackson went there? If Lamar, Lamar Jackson went there, this would be an easy selection. But uh, the Lamar Cardinals have lost to Abilene Christian, ACU, and SMU, Southern Methodist. Wait, SMU? SMU. Lost pretty bad. To who is SMU? Lamar. Southern. Who the? No, who's SMU? Like the SMU Mustangs? They're in what are they? Oh, in? SMU. I thought you were talking about an FCS team. No, they're FBS. Yeah. They've been they've been yeah better of late. So two zero and two teams. It is at Lamar. Probably Lamar. Okay. Montana State, 2-0. There's Eastern Washington. Goes to Oregon State. Oh, that's... Wait, what? You're ahead, you're ahead of yourself by, I think, a week. So, Eastern Washington gets a bye this week? That they do. Hmm. And then they play Florida. Then they go to Florida. Probably... Oregon State. Oregon State. Okay. I don't know why I did think. Utah Tech goes to Weber State. Weber. If I said Montana State would be Oregon State, my aunt, my grandparents, <laughs> or one of them, and my mom would absolutely destroy me. Oh, no. Okay. Because we know Oregon State's head coach for basketball. Wayne Tickle. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, second to last one. San Diego, one and one. Goes to UC Davis, 0 oh and 2. So San Diego has back to back Big Sky guy games. Yep. Just put them in the Big Sky Conference at this point. They'd have to give out scholarships to their players, but yeah. We, what conference even are they in, the WAC? It's called the Frontier or the Pioneer. I, I get them crossed Probably up. Probably Pioneer. Yeah. Not Frontier. Frontier's Montana. That, yeah, it's Pioneer. San Diego. San Diego lost Cal Poly by one. UC Davis is 0-2, but those two losses are California and a two-point loss to South Dakota State. And you can't blame them for either of those losses. Not really. Probably UC Davis. Smart. Because I don't want to pick San Diego if they lose. If I picked San Diego and they lose again every single time from this point on in the 2022 season, if I pick San Diego, yeah, I just yeah, won't pick them. San Diego's not, if not a good call. Big Sky, I just won't pick them. And you never know, we might see San Diego back here for the playoffs. You don't want to pick them against the Grizz, do you? Did you see what they did like <laughs> six years ago to them? Not to the Grizz. Oh, well, what the Grizz did to them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there was a year they beat 
<sighs> Someone. A big sky team in the playoffs. Um, like NAU? Davis? They beat NAU yeah. and um, Davis in Davis. back-to-back years. Yeah. Or was it NAU and Pauly? They, they beat big sky teams in back-to-back yeah. seasons. Yeah. So, in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, last game. And then we'll send you on your way, kid. Montana goes to Indiana State. Montana. Oh, okay. My words to my mouth because I'm so used to picking the home team almost at Indiana State. You almost said Indiana State. Yeah, because I'm so because I'm used to picking the home team in these ones. Like, how many away teams have I picked? I you pick picked a, a few in this one. I mean, not too many, but you you picked a couple. And then back to Idaho State. Right. There's Northern Anana. <laughs> Central Arkansas. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, dude. Well, those are the games, and I think that was the questions we had for. Excuse me. That was the questions we had for you. So, uh, yeah. How's your fantasy football team doing this week? Good. You know who I'm playing? Who? Your dad. And uh, <laughs> it was looking good, and then it was looking really bad because he has <laughs> Justin Jefferson, and I don't think it's looking too good for me right now. You it's, got JJ. I yeah. I just, the, the Niners just tanking has just ruined my NFL football week. <laughs> like, <laughs> just not great. The Niners tanking ruins all your so James is in a fantasy football league with a bunch of his buddies, and we were talking about it with some of the parents tonight. And they were commenting on how James and his buddy Nolan have much better rosters than almost everybody else. Not everybody. Interesting. Because they, they appear to have done a lot more research, and I think anybody who've, who's a fan of the pod isn't surprised by that. <laughs> Well-researched, right? <laughs> Well-researched. Yeah. All right. And, and, we'll just uh, let's pull a quick update. Ooh, I'm up by two, but, oh, okay. Well, it's looking, it's looking better. Okay. I just need Dak Prescott not to do Dak Prescott stuff. Yeah? Yeah. And James is gone. He just kind of wandered away. Are you done, buddy? Oh, he's getting his fantasy football stuff so that he can tell us how he's doing. (laughs) I don't think they care. (laughs) He's not in on that. Nobody cares about your fantasy football yeah. team. Well, <laughs> while he's done with that, let's talk. Let's, uh, let's we'll just mute his mic for a second. Let's talk here. football. <laughs> um, so the grid is twenty four seven. Yeah. So I mean, I think let's put this win in perspective. You know, South Dakota was a playoff team from Missouri Valley, which is a traditionally strong conference. Yep. So to me, that's all. That's all good, and that people shouldn't understate this win. It, time will tell what how good South Dakota is. I think yeah. they've kind of got a tough schedule, so I don't know if they're going to repeat as a playoff team. It'll yeah. be interesting how they do next week. So, and this was, we had a fan question on this, so I'm going to just hop ahead yeah. on this, but yeah. it's like, how do you think South Dakota is going to do? So they play Cal Poly, like we talked about. I'm going to assume they're going to beat Cal Poly. Um, it, it's home for them. It's their first home game. But it gets tough. North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Illinois State, Southern Illinois, Youngstown State, Missouri State, North Dakota, Northern Iowa. I mean, they can win two or three games this year, but it could be one of those things. I was talking to um, someone else about this earlier this morning. It's like they could be that two, three, four win team that sucks, but is actually like a solid team and like kind of a tough out for a lot of people. So I don't know. I, th- I they they seem to be a quality team, um, not a playoff team, but much better than what we saw last week, the week before against Northwestern State. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I think I think it'll be interesting. I think they had good O line and D line. Yep. Um, 
I also think that when the Grizz went up 13-0, it, I think Bobby became confident that the defense was going to handle him. Yeah. Because he they changed. And some of it you could say is, well, maybe South Dakota adjusted, but their play calling changed. And they yeah. were, not to say they weren't aggressive because they took some shots. We should have had another touchdown. We got in the red zone and Bergen fumbled it. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it, it kind of felt like I almost texted you guys during the game and said, like, I feel like Bobby started Bobby Ball in the end of the first quarter. <laughs> and I wonder if we're going to see that a bit this year because the defense is pretty damn good to start. I mean, they had yeah. – they gave up 90 rushing yards and 119 passing yards. That's wild. And yeah. I mean, I think because like, um, what was it? That touchdown play that they had was a 25-yard run. So, I mean. And it kind of just seemed like people got sloppy on that. like Real sloppy. And you said that, that I felt like the play call on the fourth down right before that was bad. Um, some people told me, well, maybe the play call wasn't bad, but that – he, spot, he read yeah. it poorly, yeah. like it was an RPO, and he should have handed the ball instead of keeping it. You said the spot was bad. So what it, my thought was, on the third down, Marcus Knight gets around the edge, and it looks like he steps out of bounds like a yard up the field. And the, the side judge or whoever it was right there marks him down a yard short. I do remember kind of a loud reaction from the stands. It's like, well, go for it, go for it. But then if you recall, Johnson does a hard count. And the left defensive end for South Dakota jumps. And what I wonder is if A.J. Forbes, center, was kind of instructed to hold on the hard count but snap if a guy hops off sides. And so he snaps the ball because then from post-snap, that play looked like a mess with Johnson, right? Like he scrambles to his side and doesn't really have an option and takes, takes, a, takes a loss on the play. Um I wonder if it was intent, like kind of a design play of like only snapping if they're off sides, but then the ref didn't throw the flag. Yeah. So it's the whole thing seemed like a I mess just, and not, I don't put any of that on the players. I think it was just a bad spot. Yeah. I, just, I mean, I, and I get, you know, they had a good D line, but I hate not just putting a big guy in there and having letting Osmo try and get the yard. Agreed. You know, it's just like you're winning. I mean, it, I don't know. I just I wish that we would have done that because I feel like they had a big pack. They lined up Grossman and Osmo in the backfield together at yep. least once. Yep, yep. And I feel like they could have done that and even put Knight back there too and had three. So there's a little bit of question of where it's going. Yep. And um, I think they missed an opportunity. Yeah, I agree. I think and that was it was something I'd put up when uh, I did my post game write up where it was like a Bobby Ball team um, doesn't give the ball back in the fourth quarter. They grind it out. Yeah, and I was gonna say, and I think if they'd gotten that first down, they would shut out. Well, like, I think yeah, they would have out, run out like four minutes yeah. off. And... But it's like it's interesting because um, looking at the stat book on the drive chart, which the Go Grizz ones all screwed up, but basically Montana was zero for four on third down in the fourth quarter. Perfect. So just when you want to be zero for and, four, and that's like the thing. It's like you look at their possessions, and it was, um, well, I guess yeah. Uh, looking at this. So in the fourth quarter, I guess technically one of the drives, the first drive ended on the interception uh, across the midfield. Turnover on downs, three and out, three and out, end of half. You know, so it's just like not not the show that you want in the fourth quarter. Um, and granted, kind of like you said, Mike, I think especially when it was 16-0, you just knew this game was – out of reach for South Dakota because they had essentially zero answers for what the defense was doing to them. That quarterback was 
laying on the ground extensively, um, limping around, uh, definitely showing the body language of being incredibly frustrated. And early, too. Like <laughs> Super in early. The, in the middle of the first quarter, it was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he like it feels like he doesn't want to be here He's anymore. Just like, oh my god, I want to go home. It's the first quarter, and I want to go home. So I think you can you can feel it in the stands. I, I don't know, like especially when I got like got back in after halftime and it's sixteen zero and it, or, um and it's just like I, they're not going to touch us. And then you know uh, Bergen gets his touchdown uh, and we're the five minutes left to go in the third. It's twenty two zero and game's over. Yep, like they're not gonna they're not gonna score three touchdowns and a couple two-point conversions to win this game. They they could hardly move the ball, save a couple of kind of fluky plays and late plays. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like, Lucas Johnson, again, ran the ball really well. Yeah, leading rusher. He was also 24 of 30, 198 yards, touchdown yep. and a pick. The pick was eh. – but, I mean – I, I felt he had a pretty good game. Like I agree. That's not a ton of yardage for that many passes. Right. Um, they they tried to push it down a little bit, and you thought maybe he struggled a little bit against the zone? Yeah, I tweeted that. It was interesting because I noticed that maybe that's like the high amount of completions, but for, you know, 180 yards passing. Um, it looked like South Dakota was doing a lot of, like, cover two, cover three type where there was just basically this kind of top shell that was, and, and so it forced him to make a lot of shorter throws. Now he had the deep connection right to Grossman. Yep. Um, Which was an awesome. Yeah. Oh my play. God. So, and then we never saw Grossman again. <laughs> and then he, I mean, that's not true. They, but like it's <laughs> in the past of, game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, but it, it just kind of felt like there was a lot more deferment to the safe, short, easy, quick routes. But again, in a game like this, it was all that was needed. Uh, so is this kind of like you're talking about, is this intentionally vanilla, um, save stuff for later, or is this more, um, just take what the defense gives you and go from there? I think it's more that, cause yeah. like I had a couple people tell me today, they were asking if we're doing the pod tonight and I said, yeah. And they were like, man, Brent seems down on the offense. And I, I said, got a yeah, phone call about this. Brent's, Jay called me today. He's like, Brent's I felt great about overly this. Overly negative, <laughs> which is weird. We're not used to it. Yeah. But um, um, I didn't really feel negative about the offense because I feel like they could have done more if they wanted to. Like, I feel like it was maybe a little bit choppy, yeah. but I really feel like they, I never felt like they weren't doing good things. I feel like they just went into a mode of like, we're not going to put much else out there. Yeah. And, you know, Bobby has done that. We've been here long enough to know that he he definitely does that. Don't put anything on film. Yeah. And I'm sure we're not going to put much on film next week. Um, yeah. You know, so it's like you wonder it. Like, I, I'm starting to feel like we might be calling too many design runs with Johnson. Like, you don't want him to take that many hits. Right. Yeah. But, you know, he bounces back, and he's been a lot of fun to watch. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. And, and his, just his decision-making and his speed and elusiveness. Yep. Um. I don't know. Better more do you think he's more elusive than Dalton was? I do. I think hard to contrast him. I think Dalton may have been faster. Oh yeah. Um but Dalton was like what was always impressive about Dalton was he had like he was like a freight train who could move. Right. You know? <laughs> and I feel like Johnson just looks more graceful out there. Absolutely. And I feel like he's a better passer but time will tell because there's going to be 
a team at some point that really takes away his ability to run. Yeah. And we're going to have to figure out, you know, then can we throw the ball? I mean, I'm going to bet Weaver State and Sac State's defense, we're not going to be able to do what we're yep. what we've done these last two games against yep. them. Yep. Agreed. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, the offense is just – both these two games have been a little choppy, but it was kind of something like I pointed out. You're a, a Bergen fumble. Yep. Uh, 26-yard sack pick. It's not sack. Um, you know, uh, South Dakota pick on that play, which was nicely designed play. It was just – you know you know that interception reminded me almost the same play where Johnson threw to Keelan White in the end zone in the first game, and it was kind of a contested ball. It turned out to be an incompletion. Yep. It just kind of seemed like a similar thing that kind of cross body uh, – going across the field – um, and puts it on the inside instead of the outside, probably where the ball needs to be. It seemed like kind of a similar um, end destination for the ball, and this one winds up getting picked. It was a good design on a play. Uh, but so it's like you put those two back together, uh, and you get the right spot on that third and short or that third down conversion, and this game's 38-0. to zero. And then, I don't know, like you just – it just even looks all the better so it's hard to complain about a win where the defense once again just absolutely almost entirely just shut another team down yeah which is fun like yeah i mean and like the defense and we talked about it last year we talked about in the offseason like when they're hitting people when they're running around that's fun and like that safety that um that hill got at the end of the game (laughs) that was just like so fun and they were all pumped about it and it was just no doubt and that qb was done like, oh my God. and you know, the, all, the other great thing about getting that safety is finally somebody had to kick to flowers <laughs> that's and right. I only wish he could have returned it. Cause I feel like that's going to be one of like five opportunities he's going to get all year. Right. Yeah. Like not it is clear that teams are not kicking to our people. <laughs> and even you see it in the punting game with Bergen, like they were doing their best to yeah. kick it out when they could or try yep. and pin them along the sidelines. And I mean, and that was an interesting thing. Like we talked about, like uh, both these, both Montana and South Dakota were known for having good returners. Mm-hmm. Um, neither team. I mean, right? Flowers had a twenty-five yard return on that safety, but uh, hold on one second here, buddy. Uh, but you know, outside of that return game for either team was pretty much nothing negated. All right, James, you had something else for us. What you got? Um, first their QB. Yeah, he seemed like he was injured like the entire game. He definitely got beat up. Yeah, <laughs> he was not having a good day, and he didn't get sacked a lot. But in the times he got sacked, he just took beatdowns. Well, that's the design of their offense. I mean, mostly is designed to be quick runs, quick throws. So the quarterback doesn't get hit a lot or sacked a lot. I think the Grizz were only credited with – but we were credited with five sacks in the game. So we actually got after the kid. I mean, that was – I mean, just another testament to this defense and the pressure that it dials up because that guy had a long day at the office. And I mean, and that's like the things that don't go down in the stat books. Like Patrick O'Connell, the series before the Braxton Hill safety forces a throwaway and a punt. I mean, it's it's not a sack, but it's the next best thing practically because it's, it's accomplished the same thing. And he puts the quarterback, you know, on the ground as he's throwing the ball away. And um, South Dakota's forced to punt. So, a lot of QB hits in the game. The, stati- the stat book is all screwed up on that. 
and it credits like nobody for any defensive stats. <laughs> it's super weird, but yeah. And then I finally have my pick on Idaho State versus Central Arkansas. Did we not? Oh, we totally forgot about that. What you got? Central Arkansas. You're going to the UCA. Have you seen a picture of their football field? It's, it's gray and purple. Are you changing your pick? Okay. It's weird. <laughs> Is it weird like Eastern's red turf? Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Like, Why does everyone sometimes like make fun of Eastern's turf, red turf, but no one says anything about Boise State's blue turf? I feel like Boise State's blue turf has just been there for so long that we've accepted it. Yeah. But the difference between it's like blue is kind of obnoxious, but it's not as grossly off of green as red is. It doesn't so hurt think, your eyes. Yeah. yeah. And then their fields just it's like multicolored. It just yeah. it's weird. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, yeah. You know, in regards to the rest of the game, though, I mean. James is eating dinner yeah, right here. Yeah, so chowing down on some know, mac and cheese. Hearing him chow. Like, <laughs> let's just mute the mic. He's so. just decided to bring dinner to the pod and Podcast. join us. So. Like, What's that noise? <laughs> <laughs> um, Man, though, this defense, they are just. Uh, one of the guys I thought was fascinating. Um, Alex Gubner was like a wrecking ball. Uh, and Eli Alford had like a like kind of a critical stop or a QB hit. Yep. Um, but it was interesting because there was someone sitting near me and they were like, who's 99 <laughs> behind me? What? And they're like, who is this guy? Like, he's all over the place. And of course, like, I think most like dedicated Grizz fans, especially GFP listeners, because of course what Gub led the team in interceptions in 2019, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like a lot of times, the defensive ends and defensive tackles in this this system just don't get a lot of stats. Like there's not a lot of glamour to what they do. But um, it definitely felt like South Dakota had some sort of game plan in mind where it's like we're going to try to bottle up, you know. 37 Marcus Wellnell and try to chip off uh, Pat O'Connell as best we can and let these let these DTs through because Gubner was in the backfield the whole day. A lot. Alfred was too. Yeah. I mean, both of yeah. our tackles were just it was it was a pretty impressive one two combo that day. You see those guys playing and they're having they're having so much fun. I actually, I mean, like I think Wellnell had a better game this week than last week. Um, yeah, I, I you know I talked to a few different people who actually had mixed reviews of him in week one, oh. which surprises some people. But um, um, I think our linebackers look good. But I really like Hill. I am very excited to watch Hill develop. Like oh I, I actually think as the year goes on that he's going to start, you know, taking more time from some of the other guys. And I know that he's a starter, but it's like you know there's a rotation there, and I, I think he's going to be good. Well, that's the fascinating thing that they do with the, these linebacker units. It looks like, and maybe I could be wrong. Maybe they're just—it's the same position, but you're rotating around. But it's like you see situations where it looks like Wellnell is the outside backer that's blitzing, and then Jancaro's in the middle, and then Flink's in the middle, and then it's like these guys are kind of all over the place. And I know the um, the uh, 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 primary design especially with the linebackers of this defensive game plan is to be as confusing as possible. 
and they do it pretty damn well because <laughs> I can't figure out, you know, all the times you look at these linebackers, it's like they look like they're playing different positions. But, yeah, um, I was trying to pull up, like, the defensive stats on the gogrizz.com are, like, all screwed up. And I feel like, because it says Marcus Wellnell just had four tackles, but it doesn't credit that he had a sack and he had a tackle. Yeah. And he had a one and a half tackles for a loss and he had a QB hit. So, yeah, the, the screwed up stats there. So, yeah. Um, it also, and I th- we had a couple questions bringing this up. It seemed like South Dakota did not want anything to do with any of our corners. I don't think, I'd have to go back and look. But I don't feel like there was a lot of passes up the sidelines beyond I, 10 yards. That's because they were picking on us over the middle. Well, people bring that up. <laughs> there was a safety, number 17, that uh, they definitely seemed to try to get their yeah. slot receiver up against. Yeah, it felt and, like they watched the Eastern Washington tape from the playoffs yeah. and kind of thought. And, and credit them, they did a good job. Yeah. Um, you know, and we only gave up 190 pass yards, so it didn't necessarily work. No. But, I mean, that's going to be a thing yeah. all year. Yeah. I, I mean, how do you think we adjust that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think we've talked so much about Robbie <clears throat> being heart and soul, emotional leader, on-field leader, um, big-time hitter. Much better in run support than you would think. Like a you know a five nine five ten safety could be or should be, uh, but teams definitely try to, and that's what South Dakota somewhat unsuccessfully. But South Dakota's game plan definitely seemed to be get our get our good receiver in the slot, get him up the field vertically, and get our safeties um, to chase him. And it seemed like the mix of, I guess they had. Um, well, right before their touchdown, right, they had a – I don't know who it was, and I don't know who he was who was guarding him, but they had a wide receiver make a pretty tremendous catch kind of right up the middle of the field. A little bit of a broken play, if I remember correctly. Um, and then uh, then they the, the next play, I think, was a rushing touchdown. But um, outside of that, though, what was it? Yeah, and looking at South Dakota, they're – I think their main threat of a receiver – he only had 17 yards, though. So now, was he the one that got hurt? Because the one receiver, yeah. I think he went out cold. Because he hit the ground, and then somebody hit, landed on top of him, then he f- kind of bounced over. Oh, man. Okay. And then they got him up, and he went straight up the Grizz Tunnel. Oh, that's, yeah, I think that's Thies, Travis Thies. Because the Wesley Elidor, who's kind of their dangerous returner guy, had 58 yards <clears throat> on five catches. and <laughs> Only one other guy had two catches, and the rest of the receivers caught one or none. So <laughs> not a lot of success out there. But... Um, as we get into Big Sky Conference play with teams that, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about Indiana State, but Indiana State has a six three, two hundred fifteen pound senior receiver that I'll bet we're going to be seeing him a lot in the middle, uh, testing out these safety to, safeties to see how it goes. So that it, it's hard to pick up items to complain about, especially on the defensive side, but it kind of is rearing its head a little bit and. It doesn't. It didn't matter yesterday. It didn't matter eight days ago. But yeah, when we play Weber, Sack, I don't know about MSU. Um, maybe Eastern. Um, it might matter more might just because these teams are going to be more prepared for it. Yeah. So yeah. 
Hmm. <laughs> I, but I mean, it feels like we're in, I mean, like, I feel like we have a talent enough defense to kind of overcome that, but it just, I do too. it does make me wonder how we'll overcome it. And frankly, if we don't need to show how we'd overcome it right now, then we shouldn't be right because we want to put on film, whatever. But I feel like in that playoff game, they did start shifting. Um, who was it last year that they brought in and we're starting playing a little bit more? Was it cotton? Cotton. Yeah. Cotton. Um, and so I, I mean, like, I, I just wonder if we'll see a little bit of that. Yeah. It'll, I mean, but when's, who's the first big passing team we play? I don't even know. I mean, and if it's Eastern Washington, like it might be, their defense is terrible, so we're going to be able to move the ball. Right. Let's look at the schedule. I, I, well, I mean, so like in two weeks we play Portland State. Yep. They're zero two, but they they've shown a little bit of um, a little bit of ability in moving the ball up and down the field through the air. QB's got a little bit to him. But yeah, I mean, Indiana State, Portland State, Idaho State, Idaho. At sack is probably the first one because I do believe they've got that same combo of big receivers that kind of gave us fits, if you will, last year. So, yep. I mean, we'll have problems on the horizon, but we got some time to either iron it out or, or I don't know what, game plan the damn thing or something. So, yeah. Um, trying to think. Other stuff from the game. <sighs> It's just kind of funny. Like, it was like, this is the part. Like, people are like, this is a boring game. It was kind of a boring it win. Weird. And it was hotter <laughs> than last week because there was the sun was the out sun and was there was out. no <laughs> overcast. So it was warm. It was warm. That it was. It was. Um, um, what yeah. do you think about like Grossman not really being worked in the passing game? Again? Do you think this is like by design? Like, what are we doing? I, it's, my guess is it's one of two things. It, it's either, yes, it's by design. Or maybe just it's just not on the same page with Johnson in the sense that I think it seems to me Johnson has and and, and again I could be totally reading this wrong, but Johnson really likes throwing to Junior and Mitch, and not that that's a bad combo to be targeting, right? But um, I don't even think has Ryan Simpson had a target. Um, I know he's a, he had one last game. That's right, he did yeah. have one. Yeah, so it's just like I think. It, <laughs> Some of these guys that were maybe a little bit more locked in with Cam and Chris last year, and I don't know, is it, is it the design? Is it what's happening within the offense? Is it who knows what? Has I haven't really sat there and like watched as well, too, because we heard this in Quarterback Club the week before where Bobby Houck was singing the praises of some plays where Cole Grossman was blocking really damn well and helping spring bigger plays. And so, you know... It, has the plan for him earlier been more to be a disruptive blocking force? And so his pass catching opportunities are just not there as much as he, you know, we've faced two teams now with good defensive ends. Unfortunately this week, we're going to have another one as well too. So is his job more chipping and blocking and sealing? And so it's just like, mm -hmm. he's not up the field as much as they thought. I don't know. I just, after last year being what, 400 yards and um, all conference honorable mention, it's been kind of a quiet start for him statistically. We've got a long ways to go. But, uh, yeah, as much as that, it's, it's been a little kind of funky. Yeah. I just, it seems like with the type of athlete that Johnson is, that having the type of athlete like Grossman is at tight end, they should make some music together. But I feel like this is probably just a matter of, again, going back to like, there aren't many things for me to complain about with the offense because it's like we've won the games right. and we're, you know, so it's like, 
I feel like some of it might just be by design. It could be. It could be. And, I mean, it kind of appears that until something changes, it looks like we're also going to be having the three-headed monster of running backs sharing the load. Yeah. And so it's... uh, And what's interesting there is, like, I think that if you ranked it in, like, who's looked the most impressive, it's Osmo Harris Knight. Yeah. (laughs) And I think some of that is Knight's working back. Like, I don't have any doubt that Knight will be the, the leader by the end of the year, but... You look at it, so Xavier Harris, 10 touches, 49 yards, average 4.9 yards per carry. Marcus, 7 touches, 37 yards, average of 5.3, did have a long of 20. Nick Osmo, 6 touches, 27 yards, average of 4.5. And, of course, Lucas Johnson had the 72 yards and the two touchdowns for an average of 5.5 yards. It's funny, his first touchdown run, the one up the sideline, I thought he was out on, like, the 5. Not not that it should have been called out on the five because it was in front of the student section. I was just like, oh, okay, we're going to have a first and goal. And suddenly the rest were like, touchdown. And I watched the replay, and he was like, <laughs> he was like multiple feet in bounds. It, from, but from my perspective, it looked like just he was hard on the sideline. Yep. So that was – I think that was a kind of a broken – no, that was a design draw. That was a design draw, wasn't it? QB draw, kind of keep, took the ball, went up the left side, away he went. So, yeah. Um. I know the running game didn't have like a lot of big breakouts, but I definitely felt like Johnson was better protected in this game. Didn't have like in the beginning of the Northwestern State game, especially that first quarter, it felt like he had some plays where he was definitely running for his life immediately. And it seemed like in this game he had some pressure still, and I know he was sacked once, and he had a couple plays where he had to take off and run, but it seemed to me like things were a little bit better out of the O line. And then that kind of nasty OL attitude. I think both <laughs> Liam Brown and Hunter McGinnis got you know, you texted that. You're like, all right. <laughs> Which, uh, like, in the moment, it's annoying, but you don't necessarily – it's like you kind of like seeing guys, you know, start to get some attitude. Right? You know, so I think baby steps. But, uh, you know, if there's, like, the things I think fans have been really hoping to see improvement at and where it's like we need to see stuff get better – if we want to be beating the South Dakota, North Dakota states mm-hmm. of the of the FCS, it's it's improved O line play because those D lines are only going to be better uh, when we see them. So just being able to see improvements rather than regression in two games from our O line is uh, is a good thing. And I think I don't know if you saw, but the um, South Dakota State head coach said that the Grizzly O line was. As good as almost any of the ones they see in conference there. Which is, that's good to hear because yeah. you need a good O-line to run the ball. Yeah. I'm not sure that I believe it, but I will say that I they're, they're playing better than I expected them to play. Agreed. Agreed. I was really worried. I mean, just with Walker and Casey both being, Walker being brand new at tackle in years. Yep. And Casey, like, a couple games, had some Pac-12 interest. So, like, we knew this kid was, like, special talent coming here. But just being a sophomore kind of thrust into a pretty big role what are we going to get um yeah and then you know brown i think so far so good i mean looks a little like a redshirt freshman here and there but um yeah i've seen good stuff out of him as well too and i don't know i'm, I'm we've talked about this on the pod before right like when mo mallory like is laying on top of guys after a play but it's like that's i think what brown did when he got his personal foul <laughs> yeah. i think he just like laid on top of a yep. dude he's <laughs> it's sick like of oh <laughs> so um yeah and apparently i missed i was not paying attention to that part but i saw a post that uh, mcginnis on his personal foul like coach took him out of the game well I, I think both of them when they got the personal foul came out of the game Hold i think up. that's just kind of a 
chill out. Yeah, yeah I yeah, think yeah. that's a pretty normal thing. <laughs> well, of course, and especially if either of those two get another one, then they can't play the next game. Then they can't play. Is it half or the full? I think it's. Is it? I, I can't remember. Is it like targeting where it's uh, if it's in the know. second half, it's the full game? Not sure. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Which I think that's a little excessive. <laughs> but Just a little. It should be more cumulative than that, in my opinion. <laughs> well, you know, so all in all, it was a good win. It wasn't a flashy win. It had some things where, again, I think we saw inconsistency on offense in some situations where, you know, no points in the second quarter. Effect offense, no points in the fourth quarter. Um with opportunities to just slam the door shut and like really crush them with time of possession and running the ball. And it didn't happen, but um, it's really hard to complain about a game that was, let's just say two plays away from another shutout where the Grizzly defense is two games into the season and no one scored on them. So, yeah, which yeah. I was really hoping for by the end. Oh, I picked man, it. But I'm so bummed. <laughs> it's still, I mean, seven quarters of shutout ball to start the season. Like, I know that, like, Northwestern State's not that great, but, I mean, that's still good. Northwestern you know? Northern State. The Cats up, gave up yeah. 13 points to who, Moorhead State yesterday. Monmouth? I no, mean, or yeah, Monmouth was, or whatever. Yeah. Moorhead. Moorhead. And it's like, whatever. you know, I mean, it's hard to shut out a team. It's real hard. And, to do it twice. You know? <laughs> Two games. <laughs> yeah. And that touchdown felt kind of fluky, but that's also the way it goes, you know. End of the game, too. Yeah. Yep. Well, that was like I was working on my scouting report for this upcoming game, and the Grizzly defense averages along 3.5 points per game right now. It's just like, okay. Take that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that uh, – if that goes up or so down this up, game. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Like I said, I love the safety. I would have loved to have more points, but I also – it's not the end of the world to me. Berg, Bergman's fumble sucks, but I feel like he'll figure that out. Also, yeah. I was just going to say, we, <laughs> we have a punter. <laughs> as, as I mean, best luck, Brian Machini. Now you've got a new coach as well, too, apparently. Um, but uh, our new head coach, I guess. Rohrbach. He's great. Oh, my God. True freshman. Man. I, I love what I see out of this kid. Just absolutely bombs it. Putting it bombs I mean, it. he seems to have touch. Like he, he seems to have great touch to get it to land on the 10, no matter where he's kicking from. Yep. Which is like I don't know how you aim the 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 distance on a punt, you know? It's just because his average was forty two, but I think he had a long because, of like fifty five. Yeah, but his average was forty two because he had a couple because we got into their territory and he had to punt more than once from the opponent's forty two to forty seven yard line. Yeah, and so he's you know those he's doing thirty five yard kicks to get it into the yeah four the, of a, four of his six punts got inside the twenty. Yeah, and. No touchbacks. Take that. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, um, it's kind of funny, right? We had Riley on, and we're like, everyone's like, who's the true freshman that's going to play? And I was like, oh, the punter. Ha, ha, ha. But it's like, Out- it's doing all he needs to do. This is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Outside of um, the missed extra point. <sighs> yeah. The, Blocked. The, the kicker kind of looked better this week than the group did last week. Yeah. I mean, that's still unsettling, but it, it seems clear that this is the guy they want kicking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. So it was good afterwards, right? Made his next extra point after we tried going for two. Um, made the field goal. Felt a little better about it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's kind of my notes for the game. I mean, I'm sure there are things that we're missing that should be you know, pointed out, but I just, I mean, the defense is fun to watch and the offense is actually fun too, but the defense, 
You feel like we're watching something special. Really do. Absolutely do. Um, yeah, the depth and all that. It's kind of funny. People um, on Egras are really not upset, but concerned about Johnson running too much. Yep. Just him getting a little, little too beat up. Um, but outside of that, it, it's just a, it gets it gets challenging to complain about a win that just maybe it wasn't flashy, but it just it didn't have a whole. It wasn't a fully flawed type of win. Yep. It wasn't a. It was never a game that I felt that was in doubt. And the other thing I was thinking about, and Grant, we're super early into the season. We talked about this last year. Didn't it seem like the Grizzly defense gave up opening drive points a lot? Yes, and we, the Grizzly offense didn't seem to score a lot. Right. So this year, obviously, the Grizzly defense hasn't allowed anything in yep. opening drives, and the Grizzly offense scored touchdowns on both opening drives. And we had a long conversation with Coulter last year about this, and he tried to like be like, yeah, that's by design. Like The coaches basically see what's out there, but then they game for it after that. It just... It, I don't know. The things are going better for them through the first two games. And right. time will tell how good South Dakota is. They're definitely the best of the three teams that we're going to play in the preseason Absolutely. or the pre-conference. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I definitely think they'd be middle of the pack at worst in the big sky. Like, that team that we saw was better than a lot of the teams in the big sky that we've had come through in the last couple of years. So we'll see. And we'll, we'll talk about some of those teams in the recap because there's some interesting things happening in the big sky. Well, let's uh, – you want to hop into that? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So around the conference, I got the games up here. Okay. So um, we've talked, obviously, Grizz, South Dakota. Uh, Bobcats put it to Moorhead State pretty good. I don't know if – not a not a surprise, right? I mean, 63 to 13. No, I think um, – it might have been cold take Nate, but somebody in the podcast network pointed out that, like, of the 250-odd FCS football teams or Division One football teams, like they're 217th or something like that. Like they were bad. They're bad. Well, they played bad. Yeah. And so. Northwestern State's not that much better, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, good point, right? Yeah, we're yeah. good. Uh, Washington Huskies beat Portland State pretty good, 52-6. to six. 340 yards passing for Washington QB. No surprise. Um, let's see. Let's try to clip out some of these more uninteresting ones. San Diego State beats Idaho State 38-7. to Oregon, 70-14 to on Eastern Washington. Um, yeah, those are kind of the... So, Oregon... I mean, Oregon crushed Eastern Washington, which is what we expected. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm very curious to see what Eastern Washington looks like once they get through this murderous part of their schedule. Because their defense did not look good in week one. Like that team, no. they gave up way too many points to that team. Yeah. Um, but their offense looked great. Yeah. But it's like, was it because it was a bad team? Right. Well, and so the team they played, Tennessee State, uh, lost to Jackson State this weekend, like 16-3. to That's uh-huh. Deion Sanders' team. Yep. So. Interesting. Their offense did pretty well against Eastern, but I don't know. It's, yeah. yeah. So when they, when they get to us, will they be demoralized or will – well, they have some things figured out because they've just been through this murderer's row and they've seen it. It'll be interesting to see how things go for them. So they have Montana State this weekend, right? Right. But it's not a no. conference game. No, no, no. Oh, they're, no, they've got... No, they're the, off. They, they're off. Then they got... Do they have Florida? Florida? But they play Montana State at some point early in the season. Sorry. They do. Yeah, sorry. I should have had that up. Well, that's because we're not at that point in the thing. So we can talk about that later. <laughs> Um, well, yeah. So they they uh, they're off, 
And then on September 24th, they play Montana State. Then they go to Florida. Then they go to Weber. Then they host SAC. God, that's a brutal <laughs> Ouch. stretch. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. going into it, I probably would have said Weber's the most winnable game, but now I might say Montana State, but that's just because Weber pulled the upset the other day. I don't think they're going to win any of those games. I don't, I, I don't think they'll come close to winning any of those games. Yeah, me neither. And if they start doing that, then turn the corner, I guess. But, yeah, 70-14 yeah. loss to Oregon's. Uh, Doesn't exactly inspire confidence. Tough. Uh, okay, Wyoming beat Northern Colorado 33-10. to Okay. So last week, um, uh, Northern Colorado lost to – whatever random. Oh, uh, uh, Houston Baptist. Houston Baptist. And McCaffrey's son started at QB, and when they put in Sermon, they actually looked okay. Tightened up a little bit, yeah. You know. The, the game did. Um, he moved the ball better. And we all kind of thought, well, maybe he'll start this week. But he didn't. McCaffrey's son started again, and he looked terrible. And some of our podcast buddies from around the big sky are, like, actively on a Twitter campaign at this point to, like, point out um, – like, it's kind of ridiculous. And Brian Marceau of the Tubs of the Club, the Idaho guys, yeah. he was like, when did Northern Colorado approve this welfare program for the McCaffrey's? <laughs> because I can't, I don't know how they're not going to have a riot if Sermon doesn't start. Because McCaffrey has been a bad QB in the big sky yeah. every game he's played for the last two years. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. I mean, and how soon do you lose the locker room with that? Well, I know they've they've lost some of the fans. Like they don't have that many fans on Twitter, but it's like the few are mad. The few that are there, with maybe one weird exception, are mad. <laughs> um, you know, no comment on that. Yeah. But I just, I, you know, it's interesting because it's like this is, and we talked about this when they hired McCaffrey, and I think you and I were both in the same boat because we remembered what's his face when the Vikings hired when Portland State hired um, uh, Glanville, Glanville Cherry. You know, it was like yeah. this doesn't mean anything, and here you had. Ed McCaffrey, who had limited high school coaching experience, and he's going to come take over a D1 football program. And they didn't have any um, clue no. what they were doing. Massive roster turnover after the first year. And, yeah, massive roster turnover to the point that the the um, paper, either the Greeley Tribune or the Denver Post, one of the two like, had this long kind of like, what's going on <laughs> sort of like sketchy. But they don't appear to be any better. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, you wonder how long that that can go on. Be interesting to see. Because if they're terrible, any quote fundraising benefit that he was going to give is going to go away. Oh yeah. And if you were going to get a fundraising boost from having Ed McCaffrey as coach, it probably would have happened by now. Because you, you know think. he had the COVID year, so I mean this is year three of him being the coach. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. It's weird. It'd be fascinating. I mean, yeah. Just if like from some former players or alumni or something, just what the temperature is, right? I mean, it just kind of, it feels like, especially as they just keep digging themselves in the hole. And I don't think, I don't think they have the easiest stretch themselves. They don't, nothing Eastern Washington related, but they go to Lamar, and then they've got Idaho State. That's going to be a coin toss, right? Two bad big sky teams. Yep. They go to Idaho, they go to SAC, they play the Cats, they play Davis, they go to Portland, they host Northern Arizona, they finish the Eastern. They can win two games this year, one yeah. or two. Yeah, and then it's like, it's at what point are you like, holy cow, we're actually worse than we were with Ernest Collins? That was his name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that that was like the big thing when he like left it was like he never had a great team but he never had an awful team yeah and he had great graduation and the players loved him and respected him and now it's like he was alum and, yeah, yeah and McCaffrey has an awful team and it would seem that and he there's just, not a lot of respect for the guy do, I was gonna say he doesn't seem like the most likable guy no not at all but okay well, that you know who the, knows the northern Colorado drama is pretty fun to watch yeah Cal Poly comes back and beats San Diego by one point 28-27 well Probably closer than it should have been because San Diego is actually not all that good anymore. No, I don't think so. But um, I was trying to look at this. Uh, I think Cal Poly, uh, come on, box score. That's not what I was looking for. I think Cal Poly scored pretty darn late in the game too. To um, two, two minutes, 20 seconds left to go. 35-yard pass. They get that lead, and they were—I mean, they were down. It was uh, heading into the fourth. It was twenty-seven fourteen, San Diego. So San Diego kind of melted that game away. And I think we talked about it in the pod last week, but Cal Poly's quarterback is Aaron Fonts, Xavier Harris, teammate from yep. high school. Yep. So, which yeah. Aaron Fonts we didn't really talk about in the in the game coverage because I know we've got a question about him, so I kind of saved it. Okay, but, but I um, I am excited about him, so we'll talk about him more. Yeah, yep. NAU. Beats. Well, hold on. Let's just talk about Cal Poly for one second. Cal Poly, like, okay. Do you think they're making progress? <laughs> it feels like it. I mean, they're not embarrassing themselves. No. Um, and Bo Baldwin has been a good coach. And this yeah. isn't like Scott Frost being a, co- a good coach at Central Florida and then going to Nebraska and getting fired. Like, yeah. <laughs> the big sky is still the big sky. Right, right. So it's like, you know, and different schools are different. But it's like, if he can get... Got, like his type of guys in there, you still feel like he could be good. It feels like it. So, I mean, uh, Cal Poly, who lost to UNLV, I think it was, but people were pointing out that quarterback was impressing and they were doing a few things that were good. Rough start, but they get back and close out against San Diego. Yep. I think it'll be fascinating since they play South Dakota this weekend if, um, if they hang around or South Dakota just blows the doors off of them. It'll be fascinating to see. Okay, good on Cal Poly. Yeah, good on Cal Poly. <laughs> NAU. I don't know if it's an upset. I don't. I don't know how you categorize Sam Houston State right now. Right, they're moved up, but they don't qualify for anything. They're zero and two. They got smoked the week before by Jacksonville State. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lose to NAU ten to three in a game that statistically looks just gross. Um. Sam Houston quarterback was the leading rusher for 70 yards. I mean, I don't even, the, the, like, I don't even know what to say about so this So does this game. mean that NAU has Huntsville. a good defense? Like, that's not an easy place to win. I know no. they're in transition, but that means they have more scholarships than we yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's weird. But and NAU didn't even look good last week. No, no. Is this that fluky win? Kind of like they beat Arizona last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they beat Arizona, then I think, didn't they lose? Probably. Northern Colorado I'd the next rather, week. <laughs> yes, they did. But I'd rather the Big Sky have some of these fluky wins outside of conference because, you know, it's better for us as a whole. Help the conference. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, I would rather see these teams win games outside of conference. <laughs> don't get fluky when you play Montana, although NAU doesn't this year. But yeah. um, UC Davis loses to San Diego South Dakota State by two. Yeah, that was an eye-opening game. Davis played a damn good game. 
Um, I mean, because we, we, we're pretty much in agreement that South Dakota State is as good as advertised, I think. I mean, that's kind of like the NDSU 1, SDSU 2 or 3, Montana 2 or 3, yep. MSU 4 or 3, and then Missouri State 5. Like, it's yep. this big sky Missouri Valley top 5. And then to, you know, only went by 2 at home in Brookings, too. Not even in Davis. Yeah, I didn't watch any of this game, though, did you? No. I no, didn't follow I much of didn't it. Watch a th- yeah. Didn't watch a thing. I mean, it'll be like, and that's kind of the danger of like the first couple of weeks are so tough because it's, yeah, what do we really know? And then teams are working out kinks and stuff like that. But I, Davis, you know, they've been good since Hawkins took over. They're they generally competitive. Competitive, yep. It'll be interesting. And that's that's this thing. Like, I I got a buddy. We talk about this a bunch. He lives in Sacramento, but it's just like Davis and Sac are about forty miles from each other. But you're just in an area where, in theory, your ability to recruit to those two schools, I mean, because the size and the amount of population within your greater range there, I mean, it, it's it's almost, it's a little stunning that they just, and I mean, Davis, I think, is doing it. Sack is as well, too, I suppose, a little bit. But it's just like, they should be, they should feel competitive teams annually. Yeah. You would think. There's no reason. Just because they're pool. Yeah. And... Their athletic funding is great because they've got, I think SAC might be the largest campus of yep. Big Sky Conference schools. And so I think, well, Davis is big too. So. Davis is big too. So it's like you drop a little athletic fee on three times, four times to five times as many students as some of the rest of us. And you can fund a lot more things <laughs> and bring in a lot more people. So, um, yeah. Now, I mean, good loss for Davis, I guess. They're 0-2, though. Sure. But, I mean, I, mean, good I don't know. Good losses yeah. but, I mean, 0-2 is still, you know, your your room for error really gets small because if you get yes. to four losses in the big sky, you, you're probably not a playoff team. Yeah, yeah, because, like, so now Davis. Or you got to have a really good resume to be a playoff team, I guess. You're just going to have to have, like, that big upset-type win. And so Davis, now they play San Diego. I mean, it's – it's okay for them, but I mean, then you got Weber, and then you have the Cats. I mean, they could be one and four. Um, then it gets, in theory, easier. NAU, maybe Northern Colorado, Cal Poly, Idaho State, Idaho, and then you close with SAC. I mean, so you're looking at six and five, seven and four, but that'd be the thing. So they're one and four. Let's say they're one and four after Montana State. Yep. And then they win out, and they're seven and four, and they finish with a win against SAC. And unless if SAC shows us something different, that'll probably be a ranked if SAC. If they're 7 maybe? 4 and they win they're a in. ranked SAC, you'd think they're in. Yeah. Yeah. And especially that, you know, end of season high note, like they're, they're yeah. on a good run. And if their losses are to Weber and MSU, who we are all assuming will be playoff teams as well, too. So no quote unquote bad losses and SDSU. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Weber State. That's so this is one of the because beating an FBS team thirty-five to seven is a big deal. I don't care who they are, and Utah State was pretty damn good last year, and they, they obviously were. lost some players, but they kept their coaches. I mean, they were a good FBS team last year. That was wild. They struggled with UConn, yeah, and then they just got crushed by Weber State. So oh, it's no. like, oh no, yeah, we don't know what like we really don't know what they are. But the, the thing that stands out to me though is. You look at the box score, and you don't necessarily understand how Weber scored 35. 
But the thing that I think that we oh, no. should not be surprised about at all with Jay Hill is their defense seems legit. And we have to play them in Ogden. Like that After is we play the game I am worried about. <laughs> like Yeah, I mean <clears throat> Baron Bronson, two hundred two yards, three interceptions. It wasn't even fifty percent, right? Yeah. Eleven for twenty two, fifty percent. Yeah. Two touchdowns, three picks. Josh Davis had ninety four on the ground to touchdown. Damon Brankston had fifty three. Bronson had thirty seven. Eh. Ty McPherson had two touchdowns, eighty nine yards. But you flip it over and it's like Utah State between two quarterbacks passed for one fifty seven. And as a team ran for one twenty six. And they had four interceptions. I mean that defense got after him. Got after him big time. So yeah, weird. Yeah, that 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 seems like you look at that just from an individual standpoint, and you think, oh, that had to be a closer game, not a thirty-five to seven blowout. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, good for Weaver. It's gonna really sting when we beat him in Ogden, huh? <laughs> I hope so. Um, okay. Last I like that attitude. Last one I think we have is Idaho hangs around with Indiana. Leading 10 0 at the half. At the half. And then gives up 35 points in the second Which half. Which is what you kind of expect in games like this. And Indiana's <laughs> nothing special. So they're, they're a team that I think, I think that people are rushing to anoint them as better than they are still. Mm. And I could be wrong about this, but it's a whole new coach, it's a whole new system. He's got them believing in themselves. Yeah. They're definitely better than they were. Yeah. There's also no film on them. Good point. So, and they've had nothing to lose in these two games. That's also a good point. So they're going to come back. They're going to get a win over Drake, and then they're going to go into Big Sky. And I think that's going to be where it's telling: have we made a difference or not? And they very well could, because we have seen it in college football before, where a new coach comes in and takes over a roster that's actually talented. And they were not a bad roster. I mean, they've got. I think they were weaker in some areas than people realized. But good defense, you know. uh, What does that look like? you know, a few weeks in Big Sky Conference play. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, uh, who they kind of remind me of um, is the first year Jeff Choate was with the Cats, where the team buy-in and belief from the coach was there. Um, The wins didn't completely translate for a good portion of the season, but they were in the games. They had either late losses, uh, real – a couple real tight wins or something like that, but it feels like that. But then, of course, the question is, is does it keep going or does it fall off the cliff or what? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my gut feel was like, what was that first year show? Was it 17? 16? 17? Somewhere in there. And like 17, right? Because right. he was 17, 18, 19, skipped 20, 21. Texas, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so, um, so where I, 16. I think that you're right. I think they only won four or five games. One was against us, but... Um, but it was just like he he had those guys believing, and they were in most every game, even though in some regards they they were not the same talent on the field. They just fought like hell, mm-hmm. and they knew they were in it at the end. And in some cases it worked, like against us. In other cases it didn't. So yeah, but again, two games in the season maybe rushing the judgment, but that could be one to just keep an eye on. Totally yep. agree. Yep. Totally agree. All right, that is what happened. Last week. All right. In the big sky. Let's talk about this week. So, the Indiana State Sycamores. Uh, we've never we've never played. Never met these guys, to my knowledge. Not that I know of. No, nah, I read this. I don't think we, we have, a, we have a, no prior history with this team. Um, 
kind of an interesting team. I've got uh, I've got most of my scouting report done on these guys, and um, they there there's kind of a couple things about them. They had 16 starters graduate last year. Okay, from and they kind of had a tragedy to start the year, didn't they? They had a really unfortunate tragedy. They had yeah. two players. They had five players in a car accident. Two passed away. Two others were, I, I believe, kind of severely injured, and I don't know the status. The fifth, I was reading. I, I've I've got to dive a little further into that. So it's just, it's a little kind of gut wrenching way, and I I believe it was like in August that it happened. So it was you know very very recent, kind of a shock to the system, especially on a young team like this. So that sucks. I mean, you just feel for these guys to to lose some brothers like that. That you know. Um, within your locker room guys that are family so to say you know as, as players and stuff to open up your season with loss like that um and it's like you know yeah. college is such an it's such an odd time and people are experiencing this for the first time so i mean that's a tough thing that to- super tough super tough so um you know a lot a lot of basically a tumultuous start to the season for these guys uh their their coach has been there for a while okay um since I think it was 2018, their first year they go 0 and 11. <laughs> Crap. But since then they've been 18 and 18 in the Missouri Valley. Okay. So they were seven and four, five and seven, five and six, one and one so far this year. So they're, you know, you had your reset year and you've been a 500 ball club since. Then they lose a lot of guys' graduation. They kind of go through what they went through this summer. So um, it's kind of one of these things where it's like, oh, it's it's Indiana State. They're 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 a cellar dweller. They're they're bad. Um, and by all intents and purposes, the conference voters think that as well too. They're they're voted second to last in the conference for this year for projections. So there's not a lot of expectations built around them. Uh, they did go out and win their first game. Uh, they played North Alabama, who we played. Was it nineteen? We played North Alabama. Yeah, twenty nineteen, right? Yeah, they beat them. Uh, it was ugly. It was in overtime, but they beat them seventeen to fourteen. All right. Um, they sacked their quarter the quarterback eight times in that game. They've got a they've got a high pressure defense, kind of like ours, and they've got a couple DNs that really really get after, and they're faster guys. So we have seen bigger guys now we're going to be getting a little bit more of the um if you will not saying it's apples apples to apples but like patrick o'connell's the kind of 235 245 fast edge type of guys so Mm -hmm. we're going to see more speed on the edge from these guys um but yeah they've got four experienced players in their in their defensive side of the ball okay um their offensive side is almost entirely new. Save, like I was telling James earlier, they've got a 6'3", 215-pound wide receiver who is the only guy in the whole team that received any all-conference votes. That's crazy. <laughs> but I guess you're that bad consistently. Like, I mean, it's like I mean, you're, you're a bad team in the Missouri Valley. It's probably pretty hard. To, like, how many all-conference votes is Northern Colorado getting right now? You well, know? they're linebacker, right? That's well, the yeah, only one, right? That's true. <laughs> so, I mean, that's like – so when I look at this, it's like – this guy Dante Hendricks is his name, number eight. Okay, um, we're getting a preview of your preview, aren't we? A little bit, yeah, right. yeah. So I mean, but this is going to be a guy that uh, he's going to be the guy that's that's going to be the tough matchup. And this coach is an experienced coach. 
they obviously have the trust in him to kind of get through the storm and see where they go. And we just talked about this earlier. I'm going to bet we're going to see number eight in the slot a whole bunch. I'm going to bet we're going to see number eight up the seam of the field, attack the middle of the field a bunch. But what's crazy is like if he's really their best receiver and he's their only weapon, we, we can double him in the just slot. Put, like, put Ford on him. Have yeah, Ford like, Walker have like, Ford follow the damn guy, right? Yeah. Figure this out. Like, <laughs> yeah, it just – yeah. It's it's going to be interesting. Yeah, their quarterback situation. They've got a JUCO kid that okay. beat out a Colorado State transfer. Wow. Um, but we've seen that. Where you know, seen that. Yeah. And so, um, neither uh, the Colorado State kids played a little bit in the first game. No, the second game. Uh, so it's maybe still a little up in the air. You know, defensively, I don't know. I mean, there's this. Uh, who's this guy? Uh, number six, Chris Reed. Who's this? Uh, fast kind of quicker d end guy but um kind of looking at him i mean the offense looks a little kind of zone readish i've not seen a lot there's that that youtube account ryan what's it um that does like the 20 minute oh right right yeah i want to say like ryan plays ball or something something like that and i was just like i didn't ryan balls uh, (laughs) I i just didn't have 30 minutes today to dedicate to watching that but uh you know i mean Running, they got a couple running backs share, that share the load quite a bit. Um, one's big, one's a little smaller, pass catcher. So they, it's going to be a little mix up. Um, but just the amount of new faces. And so, yeah, so they, they beat North Alabama. And then, as you would expect, they go to Purdue and got crushed. And they get some, Which, you I mean, know, yeah. yeah. And Purdue could do whatever they wanted to them. It was almost 600 yards of offense it was all over the place i mean there was no stopping purdue but it's purdue so i do like that this is a missouri valley team you i know, like it too like yeah. that, that you know this isn't a, you know it's not some weak conference yeah not a great team um this has got to be the front end of a home and home right i like there's no way that we just have this random game and i suppose if we be. looked ahead at the schedules that are out like this contract's got to be there but be. This has just got to be the front end. Because, like, South Dakota was the back end of a home-and-home. Home, we went to South Dakota a couple years ago when they were renovating the stadium. And right. Then we had Western or uh, Oregon. Western Illinois. Yep. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Not next year. Ooh, we play Ferris State. Amazing. Uh, I uh, hate those games. Why do we do that? Cancel the game. Buy them um, out. So next year we got bu- 2024. Nope. Nope. That's Missouri State. Never mind. Wrong. And Moorhead State. And Western Carolina. Wow, 24 is going to be a fun year. Um, not seeing them on the schedule yet. Huh. There they are, 2025. Okay. September 20th, 2025. Put it on your calendar, Mike. Yep. <laughs> well, remember we talked about this then. Yeah. You know? <laughs> be like, hey, remember that time? Back in 22, <laughs> we talked about these guys. So, um, Bobby Hawk, since he returned, going east, 0-2. Okay. Western Illinois, JMU. Let's just say... <laughs> caveat that Western was Illinois a was game. an okay and team. Western Illinois was his second game with a team Bad, that, with yeah. a roster that he was actively rebuilding. I would be shocked. But before we pick this game, we haven't picked the Big Sky games. We have not. We skipped no. that. Um, Let me pull them up. I think as far as this game goes, while you're pulling those up, like yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what we try and do on offense. Agreed. Do we, you know, kind of continue with not showing much and and doing a lot of RPO with Johnson and kind of putting that out there, or do they try and establish more of a passing game with the receivers than they have? Because the receivers were pretty quiet this week. Real quiet, yeah. 
You know, I mean, Johnson only passed for 190 yards, and 57 of them went to Grossman on that first play of the game. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or third play of the game, I guess. It was, uh, game, it was early. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I mean, for me, I, I, I just really, I want to see him just run the ball and run it well, and not Lucas Johnson run it well. No offense, Lucas. You run fine. We know you. No, can. it'd be great to have 200 yards rushing from our three running but backs. But like, give me, do this. Give me, give me 100 from Marcus. Give me 100 from Knight. Give me 80, 50, 75, like 80 from X. You're asking a lot. I know I'm asking <laughs> a lot. Purdue did it. I know we're not Purdue, but um, and just make the just just grind it out and just get that O line confidence. Then we come home. It's conference play. Here we go. Yep, homecoming. Um, yep. Uh, who knows? And this is like a stupid, dumb thing, but Indiana State in their first game, when we played North Alabama, they wore white at home. And North Alabama had to wear black. Um, it's supposed to be 88 oh. with 70% humidity. Oh. <laughs> well, that's not great. For an afternoon kick. Now we've been playing in hot weather games anyways, not, not in the humidity. humidity. So... Um, I don't know. Like, you've got to be prepared to play in all conditions, which the Grizz will be, but kind of just like a small thing to just kind of pay attention to. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because you get those Midwest games, that humidity is a lot different than playing here in the mountains, the, the dry mountain air. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to just – I just – this feels like the game that if the O-line and the running game can just, you know, springboard into the conference play, that's what i like to see. And – I'd like to see it on the legs of our running backs versus having our QB get smacked up all over the place. So, yeah, that's kind of my hope for this. Works for me. We'll pick it in a second. <laughs> what? Um, let's let's pick the rest of the big sky. Pick the big sky. Okay. Well, we've already kind of teased these with uh, with our guy James. Cal Poly goes to South Dakota. I mean, I think South Dakota will win that game based on you know our expectations of where they both rank in the conferences. We did just get done saying we think that Cal Poly is getting better. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I won't be completely shocked if Cal Poly came in with it, but I, South Dakota will win. I think they're going to win. It's in South Dakota. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Cal Poly pulled it off. Cal Poly pulled it off. South Dakota's going to have a long year, yeah. which is going to suck because we need them to win some games. <laughs> it's going to win. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Drake and Idaho. Go Drake. It's going to be Idaho. Yeah, it's going to be Idaho. This one. Wouldn't that be hilarious? I'm with James on being up in the air on this. Central Arkansas at Idaho Idaho State. State. I'm going to go UCA. I I think I'm going UCA too, but it's one of those where it's like that coach is going to break through with those people, those guys at some point. Right, right. But I I think UCA. And again, they're they're on that move up track that Sam Houston and others are. Yeah. Uh, North Dakota goes to Northern Arizona. I bet North Dakota wins that game. I'll say NAU. Interesting. I feel like North Dakota should win it, but... Interesting. I don't know. Is NAU going to be that team that wins the conference and doesn't play anybody? Sac State goes to... That'd be terrible. uh, Still in line for a seed 0-2 Northern Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I joked that Northern Iowa, if they lose this game, it, it helps their playoff resume because it's a solid loss. <laughs> right. They need this. you got to build up the solid um, losses, Mike. If SAC is who we think they're supposed to be, they should win it. I think Northern Iowa is going to win. 
I am oddly with you on this. I, I lost to Air Force, two-point loss at North Dakota. The one thing I would say about Sack in this whole kind of run is that you feel like they really haven't been hit in the mouth by physical teams very much. And obviously we've had good defenses and we just struggled with them. But they haven't had the toughest run. Right. And Northern Iowa, even if they're not great, they should be physical. So I, I think Northern Iowa could win. I'm with you. I'll pick them as well. All right. Northern Colorado goes to Lamar. I hope Lamar wins. <laughs> Me hope too. Crushes him. Go Lamar. Yeah. Cats at Oregon State. Um, I think Oregon State's going to win. Do you think it's going to be close? I bet it's closer than we think it's going to be, and we're going to have to hear about it. But is this going to be something like they're going to lose like forty-two twenty-one? I think what'll be really interesting is to see how Tommy Mallott does against a Pac-12 defense, even though it's Oregon State. Um, Oregon State's two wins have not been great. Yeah, Boise, and they beat Fresno by three. And Fresno's I think on like a last play of the game. Yeah, but I mean, I think that both of those teams would probably be Montana State too. Although, I don't know, they're not great right now. God, so. I'm kind of talking myself into. No, stop it, <laughs> Montana. No, no. See, but now you're going to get me to get like this clip line. Oh Everyone's going to clip. No, no, Oregon no, no, State's no. going to beat Montana State. Okay. Oregon State. All right. I, I'm not committed to that, but yeah. Weber State hosts the Utah Tech Dixie Raiders. <laughs> I feel like Utah State is going to lose that game to the, Utah Tech. Yeah, Utah Tech. It's going to lose to Utah Weber. State. Technology campus of yeah. I mean, if Weber can't come and win that game after the other game, then yeah. What a letdown that'd be! Oh my God, you smoke Utah State and it's then Utah not Tech quite comes in. Montana State beating Colorado and then losing to Danny Woodhead, right. but it's something. One on one, San Diego goes to UC Davis. Oh, Davis! Davis I mean, yeah, yeah. Davis is better than Pauly. All right, Grizz at Indiana State. Grizz. Yeah, same. Same, I I think it's going to be something crazy like 45 to 3 or something like that. I was a little lower because I'm just – I was like, I want this offense to convince me. And I I just – my prediction that I'm going to put up tomorrow is 28 to 6. Okay. Yeah, Grizz. Is that two field goals or a mixed extra point? Two field goals. All right. They got an okay kicker. Okay. Uh, Okay, questions. Twitter. Uh, so we already hit Justin's with the teams outside of um, the Grizz. Um, okay. How good uh, – so this is Patman 3001. How good is South Dakota State's – or South Dakota's D-line compared to North Dakota State because our O-line got pushed back? Because our O-line got pushed back? Grizz O-line got pushed back. So how good was the South Dakota State D-line? I bet the South Dakota State D-line is not – the South Dakota D line is not as good as the North Dakota State D line. <laughs> no, but yeah. I also do think it's going to be one of the better D lines we face across the front. Um, and you know, they got pushed back a little bit, but they they like did the point, a pretty good job. That was like the thing. Like I left the game, and like oh my god, we got like owned. And then he pulled the stats, and it's like we ran for like an average of four point five yards per carry. Like that's nothing sexy, but it's like 
that wins you a yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, they held their own. So yeah. if we're, you know, we're struggling about it. So I think they need to get better to for us to play against North Dakota State in a potential playoff matchup for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I would say there's no way that South Dakota's D-line is better than North Dakota State's D-line. Agreed, agreed. Brian Marceau, Tubbs in the club. Two weeks in, what is your most pleasant surprises from the rest of the Big Sky Conference? Oh, God, he is seeking out us to say Idaho. And I'm it's definitely not, not Idaho. I am not impressed with Idaho. Yeah, not Definitely not a pleasant surprise. No, An no, annoying surprise. No. An annoying um, surprise. Two weeks in, my most pleasant surprise. I mean, for me, it's Weber State in the sense that... Yeah. I mean, they're fun, and they're, I like their good defense, so that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Um, um, I would add, like we talked about, Cal Poly's kind of shown they can play some ball. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, there's nothing that's like, I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm pleasantly surprised that I'm still enjoying the train wreck in northern Colorado. <laughs> is that a fair answer? I think all of the Big Sky Podcast Network is. <laughs> um... Sean Pahut was asking something just about concern of safety's experience getting beat or people attacking kind of our safeties. I think we kind of covered that pretty well. Uh, Grizzden, thoughts on production of the offense? Seems like there's about a 50-50 split coming from the fans. Some really like what they saw. Others, not so much. I, You know, for me, I think we've talked about this in both games. It's consistency. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, Two opening drives. Awesome. Yeah, I have, the two follow-up drives. Not so awesome. I have less concerns with what we've been doing is more just kind of like I wish they they'd push the pedal a little bit more, but yeah. I like there hasn't been a drive this year where I felt like, "Oh my god, like this is terrible." You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's just kind of felt like, well, they they're not being as aggressive as the game's gone on, and that's been a little bit frustrating, but you know, last year didn't we have two games in a row where the defense and special teams outscored the offense? Yeah, won the game. And I was like we're not hitting that panic button. We're two games in. Last year, that kind of happened in the middle of the season. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's building, and it's um, – I feel like we got a question on this further in. But, yeah, it just it, it kind of feels like they're still just – with some of these new pieces, especially quarterback and, and O-line, just trying to get it kind of snapped in a little better. But I don't. I'm not. I'm not hitting the panic button on it. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Wallace, South Dakota looks to have a lot of tough games on their schedule. What do you think their record will be? I think we kind of touched on that. Yep. Uh, do we think they'll end up being a playoff team? I say no. Just based I think on the they've schedule. got too tough of a schedule. I yeah. wish they'd end up being a playoff team. Yeah. But I just think they've got too tough of a schedule. Yep. Uh, Pants make me look snagged. Had a handful of questions. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna meet this guy. <laughs> Um, let me see. It seemed like the South Dakota defense were as good collectively as we've seen in a while, or the, especially their defensive backs. Receivers, this is a good point, were not getting good separation no. and real difficulty in yards after the catch. Uh, also asked if we uh, got away from running the ball too early. Well, it felt like we changed our style. Yeah. But – so maybe yeah, and the uh, wide receiver separation like that's a real thing, and mm-hmm. I definitely think that that was one of the better defenses. I also think some of that scheme going back to like once we got up thirteen nothing, like I feel like they weren't going to. I think they went a little bit more basic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that seemed like a good secondary. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be 
a playoff team in the Missouri Valley Conference, you got to have a good defense, right? And so, um, I think it, I think it surprises us a bit. Yeah, just the complete lack of separation. I mean, we really didn't have like a lot of stuff where we had secondary guy or our our receivers through their secondary. Um, and that was again we talked about was it just playing that kind of softer zone and keep everything in front of you, force Johnson to make the easy checkdowns or something, and that was the the pace of the game. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Running the ball through we got that. Um Bridger. <laughs> Would Sentinel beat Northern Colorado? <laughs> <laughs> what he calls the fighting McCaffreys. I think Sentinel last year would have beat Northern Colorado because they had better lines. <laughs> yeah. This year they're a little bit younger on the lines. Um, <laughs> this is just like would Alabama beat? Yeah, I mean it's one no, of those I can't questions. Even say where it's like, the no, they but. wouldn't. But Northern Colorado is not great, and it is a little bit double ironic because Ed McCaffrey came from the high school ranks. That's so. true. Would Sentinel be within three scores of Northern Colorado? Like 35-14. I mean, I want to say yes. Let's but say last like, year's Sentinel. But it's like that's such a – I mean, because it's like you're going against like college athletes. Yeah, and it's like we talk about where you're talking thing. about that Alabama's not going to beat the Cincinnati Bengals, right, you know, because yeah. it's just it's a different yeah. thing. Um, Those are all D1 scholarship <laughs> athletes. Right. Uh, okay. The Cats play Oregon State. Oh, in Portland. That's right. Yeah. Oregon State. Yeah. Yep. What is your fantasy neutral site FBS matchup <laughs> for the Grizz? Neutral site pick. Nick Larkin had that. That's an interesting question. I think I missed that one. You know, years ago, there was rumors. I think it totally fell apart. But Montana was going to play Grambling in Vegas. Uh-huh. And it was going to be... It was like a, a week zero or a week yep. one kind of thing. And I was just excited because it's like, that'd be cool. Get there on a flight. Yeah. Spend four, three, four, five days in Vegas, watch a Grizz game. Um, for a neutral site, for me, make it somewhere fun. Yeah. Like, I don't know about Providence Park in Portland. No offense to our Grizz fan <laughs> in <laughs> Portland, but get me somewhere warm, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, somewhere, I don't know, like Rose Bowl. Let's let's uh let's have the Grizz Boy, play. That'd be fun. Yeah, let's have the Grizz play um San Diego and Rose in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> that probably looked terrible on TV. Yeah, I feel like that's not. Gonna, I feel like no, that's that not wouldn't happen. <laughs> you got anything? No, no, no. I just yeah. okay. Uh, okay, Bonner does ask that the and we've talked on this much, but if the Weber Sacramento set of games. Um, are the definitive games of our season, excluding the Cats, because obviously that always matters. I absolutely has to back to back. Like those could be our two toughest games all year. Yeah. Like depending on how Montana State goes against those two teams, like that, those could be our two toughest has to be games. Yeah. I mean, there's a scenario, and I, I don't know if it's likely, but there's a scenario where those are the two other Big Sky Conference playoff teams. Yeah. I think Montana State will probably be one of them as well. But I would think so. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right now, like, the, the inside track for the, the four teams at the minimum that are going from the Big Sky are us, Cats, yeah, Sack. And those are on the we road back-to-back. Back. That's a brutal stretch. I didn't – I know I've talked about this much, but we play Sack at night. So then our players get home late yep. at 4 in the morning. Yep. And then – now, Weber also plays at MSU that week as well, too. So it's not like they have a bye. 
where they play Northern Colorado. So both of us are going to be coming off tough games, but um, yeah, it's it's going to be challenging. That's a really tough stretch. Yep. Yeah. I wish those were home games. <laughs> oh, one of them. Just give us one at yep. home, right? Uh, go Grizz or go home. Interesting. I'm not going to read his actual at. I've never actually read it. I think right. he tweets at the pod quite a bit, but um, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, who do you think is the toughest team left on the schedule between Sack, Weber, Idaho, or the Cats? Oh, come on. I, it's not Idaho. This, I think I think it's Weber. I think, I think so Sack's too. tough, too. I think Montana State's tough, too. But I, I mean, just by what Weber's defense is doing so far. With what Weber's, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I I have a feeling Jay Hill and Bobby Houck, there's no love lost between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, obviously, Cats are always a big rivalry game, um, but I think Weber views us as their primary rival as well, too. Mm-hmm. Sack probably does as well. But uh, it's one of those games where there's a couple teams that we still haven't um, taken care with of. Bobby returning, with yep. Bobby's return that we haven't fully yep. taken care of. I guess we got Weber at home, right? But then they got us in the playoffs. So, yeah. Okay, Tom Kuglin, I think this is something you were asking earlier. Pod dog trying to take out the equipment. Come on, Bruce. Are you surprised Fonts isn't more involved after his strong spring? I'm a little surprised, and I think this goes back to, like, they're not putting too much of any one thing on paper. Like, if that if that South Dakota DB hadn't tackled him, yeah. that was a touchdown. Yeah, that's a good point. I that's mean, a really good and point. Yeah. The, that's one thing I hate about college football's pass interference penalty is if it's a deep pass like that and those guys know they're beat, they get rewarded for the pass interference because they only give up 15 yards. Right. And he would have... Been oh, gone, gone, gone. Yeah, um, you know, and maybe Johnson could have let him just a smidge more, and it's all good. But um, I think I would not be ob- object to a world where Fonts gets two deep shots every game because oh, he is sure. he's oh. fast. I, I mean, Malik's the burner, you know. But I think Fonts is like burner A and burner B. But if you right? got Malik <laughs> on the outside, so they've got to yeah. they've got to put Fonts trust his speed. You put Fonts send in the him. slot and yeah. you just send him. I'm with you. It feels like to me, we've seen this so much, especially from this coaching staff, but like if you're a young guy and you have the raw physical tools, but there's still, you don't connect all the dots, the blocking dots, right? Yep. The blitz pickup. Blocking is how receivers get playing. You don't run off the field every time after the play or whatever. Um, Your options are just reduced until you get, the whole picture instead of 80% of the picture. I'm not saying that's the case with fonts, but it just makes me wonder because as a guy that's watched practices for at least 15 years, there's a lot of times you see dudes completely tear it up in practice. And then you never, <laughs> you rarely, rarely hear from them in the regular season. And the next year they're back and their practice is then kind of quiet, but then they're out there a whole bunch more and yep, they're blocking. You know they're they're, yep. they're 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 you know avoiding the yep the, the you know misalignment and stuff like this. The quarterback's not having to tell him to move things like that. So maybe that's where Fonts is at. But I'm with you. That guy should be stretching the field multiple times each game. Who knows? Maybe this will be the one. Yep. Silverton Nation had a <laughs> hypothetical question that I tried researching. Oh God. I got to pull back. I, okay. Silver Tim Nation had two questions. But basically, the first one, I feel like we've kind of touched on this, but it was just like the Grizz dominated South Dakota, but it, it felt a little disappointing 
just based upon our expectations of this Grizz team. A lot of people, I think, were hoping for a blowout. And at least offensively, we didn't get it. Um, are expectations too high for this team? Or is this just an early problem? I don't really put those two even together because Bobby Houck doesn't usually blow people out. Right. Like there have been games where, don't get me wrong, like people are going to point down. It's like, well, we did 70 this. and this. But it's like, it's just not really his style. Yeah. Like he he wants to play a bruising, controlling game. And if he gets a lead and his defense is is playing well, they don't take a lot of risks to put them in bad positions. Yep. So I think like I think it's ridiculous to ask if the expectations are too high. Like this team was a final eight team last year that brought back almost everybody of importance, lost a few key guys, but has good replacements for them yep. and upgraded at quarterback. Like yeah. As long as the O line gels, this team should be better than that team. Yes, it should be. So, and the schedule to save those two games <laughs> kind of dictates it as well, too. Yep. Yeah. You ready for uh, Silver Tips hypothetical here? Sure. You have to fight one Norse god or goddess. Oh my god! <laughs> and if you win, the Grizz win the next nine rivalry games and eight straight national titles guaranteed. You can use any weapon you wish and. We can all gang up on them, but if you fall in battle, you're transported back to your family unharmed. However, the Cats will shut out the Grizz in the next five rivalry games if you fall. The deity's immortality is suspended for the skirmish, but they still have their given abilities. Which Norse god or goddess are you choosing to engage in in battle? And what is your strategy? (laughs) I'm not qualified to answer this question. Silver Tip Nation is very well versed on Norse mythology. <laughs> so I had, I tried Googling this. And man, <laughs> so there's this guy called, uh, I, I hope this, like, it's like got some little uh, Game of Thrones crossover, but I think it's called uh, Hoder or, Ho- or Hotter. And he's blind. Okay. Okay. And so um, he, uh, Apparently, it was a guy that uh, he tried to um, kill someone, uh, an invulnerable person, but was tricked by Loki, and uh, it, uh, it it made him um, it made him blind. So, reading briefly about summaries of other <laughs> Norse gods and goddesses, it seems like the guy that can't see you um, might be your better option. But I have no clue weaponry. Shoot, like, right, we're Americans. Just drop a nuke on the guy or something. I don't oh, know. my God. I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, um, you know, it's just like, I don't know. This I just so crazy. I feel like we've hit the pinnacle where these guys have pushed it too far. Like, I I can't give you a fun answer to this question. This is the guy This is the guy on Egress that's like, these questions are stupid. I hate them. And it's like, <laughs> I, no, this is, I would be interested, Silver Tip. Let us know what you think. Yeah, if anybody out there. <laughs> wants to tweet at us what they would do, this could be a really interesting conversation and you could probably do it better than we could. Yeah, right. Joseph St. Peter. I need to open this guy's account up because he's asking us, is Idaho good? Is he a Vandal fan? No. Oh. Retweets of Grizz games. Okay. I'm going to say asked and answered and we'll see. I think they're better than they were last year, but I'm not convinced that that means playoff team. Yeah. 
follows Lucas. He follows the soccer team. I don't see any Tubbs following. Okay. Follows Kyle. Okay. Multiple calls. Okay. Um, Eric Witt's last one here on Twitter. Was Saturday the most wacky day of games in recent memory? Basically football-wide. Okay. Including FPS. Uh, question two. Um, the hype on the season ticket sales being the highest or darn close to the highest uh, was one thing. But the stadium... Still had a lot of empty, uh, not a lot, but it had noticeable sections of empty seats. Um, and do we think Bobby keeping the offensive game plan stale? Do we think they're doing it for film, or do we think, and do we think the best is yet to come? I mean, I do. I think sometimes fans overstate the whole keeping things stale. And I know we talked about not yeah, putting things yeah, on yeah. film, but I think that can be overstated. But it's just like you don't dip far into your playbook. You know, yeah. you. And I think that that's probably pretty believable. So I, you know, we've had this conversation last year, and I, I feel with the talent we have that there's room for it to be more exciting, and we'll just see once we get in the Big Sky Conference play how that goes. Yeah, you know, on the on the season ticket and ticket sales side, I mean, you have a couple of factors. I think we talked about this with Riley, didn't we? Where it's just <sighs> this out of conference schedule is just not. Exciting. No, I the the I know that they don't like night games, but I I really think that they if they're gonna missing opportunities we're missing opportunities and like I I every time I bring it up with anybody in athletics they point out like you know two thirds of our season ticket base come from out of town and I get that but a lot of them are staying in hotels anyway yeah yeah and I just think that they're missing an opportunity especially the first game of the season like when you've got new freshmen on campus and stuff like that like. Make it a night game. Make yeah. it exciting. You know, like, I just, I don't understand it. And I'll credit to MSU. Like, they've got their gold rush game, and they do a good job with it. Yep. And I just, it feels just stubborn to be like, oh, we just can't change anything. Like, I right. opportunity missed, in my yep. opinion. Yeah. And, you know, as has been pointed out, the UM currently has no employees in their marketing department. Yeah. But so. the scheduling is not, the marketing doesn't get to do the scheduling. <laughs> yeah, like, good that's point. above that. <laughs> yeah. I know they're, they're correcting it, I'm told. So, but yeah, I think you got to blow up this first two, three weeks of September and yeah. just completely revamp this because in Montana, like, we all know this. Like, you have a finite number of nice weekends yep. um, to go do things. And, Early September, clock's ticking on you. You know what I would love up. is if they did a first week game on a Thursday night. Ooh, that'd be and cool. I know that no yeah. one's ever going to do that. No, We're going to be like, oh, the can't, fans can't come. And they're probably right. Yeah. So people can get on me all or they Friday want. night. But uh, I mean, Thursday night, you still get a weekend. Yeah. We're still giving our fans an early weekend. Yeah. And it's like this balance you play, right? Because then the weather turns. But then it's like not terrible, right? Mm-hmm. Like the rest, our next stretch, like our, but then hunting season hits. And so it's like you have all this stuff that it's just the, the but it's. <sighs> yeah, I just it just you know just lock it in, make it one o'clock, whenever, kick it, doesn't matter. Mid eighties, you know, beautiful day. It's I I I think you just still have people that are, and you know, we look ahead. I mean, we kind of joked about next year's schedule, but those the home games are not very, not very flashy. So, um, you know, I think that's the other thing, and, and that's the challenge that we continually face at this level on this side of the country is that it's just hard to get a lot of sexy not out of conference games. Like we can't be hosting North Dakota state every other year here. I don't think, you know, I mean, or so it's just, 
I, you know, and you got to book things out so far as well too. So, um, you know, we get the few and they're big and then we get the others. It's just, it's kind of just the way things went, I think, but it was a beautiful day and I could see last week we talked about this, the heat people were really worried about. And then this last week, like the smoke cleared out <laughs> and it was, it was just, it was an amazingly beautiful day. I think people just decided some people just decided they weren't going to go to the game. Yep. And it's, it's tough to get excited for just a team. You just don't have a history with, but that's our, that's the problem we have out of conference here on this side. Uh, okay. That was it for Twitter. I do believe, I think we got to, can you check? Someone sent us a message. Was it from Brian? Was it in the, well, you looked that up. Um, Wolf777. We had some other questions on Egress, but I think there's some overlap. Putter was kind of asking us about, um, you know, all the primetime games on the road. Why doesn't ESPN want to showcase um, Grays at home? I think that's just kind of the way these things go. We've kind of talked about that before. So Wolf777 asks, um, after looking at the post-game write-ups, it's uh, clear that we're all really excited about the ceiling of this defense, and so far they've lived up to expectations. Can you recall a time in Grizz football where we can go three deep on the linebacking group and two deep in most other positions and not see any drop-off? No, and I'm not sure that we can go three deep and not see any drop-off, yeah. but this feels like as deep of a defense as Hauk has ever had from a depth standpoint. Like, Absolutely. They've just they've done such a good job recruiting defense. Yeah, agree. I mean, they've done a great job recruiting every position but O line, and O line seems like it's it's gelling and pointing in the right direction. But I mean, they've been hitting some home runs recruiting. Agreed, agreed. And, and that that kind of moves into a second question. But I mean, defensively, <sighs> we talked about this before, but just like those O eight O nine teams. It felt more than secondary, especially like you could rotate your two deep and not have a drop off. But here it's just, it's everywhere. And I mean, that's what makes it so special. Um, with the amount of upsets we've seen from FCS and G5, group of five, right? G5 this weekend, it appears the gap has narrowed between FCS and group of five. Uh, is this a result of better talent at lower schools? I don't think that it's any different it's just than like any a COVID thing. Like just, I, yeah. I think that there are some of the upper tier programs and some of the top twenty five that can beat group of five teams on any given day, and you're not going to beat all of them. But you know, there's been matchups that work, and yeah. I, I mean, I think at the end of the season, it's not going to be any better yeah. of an FCS versus FBS year than it's been. So, yep. I just think that that's like a narrative. I do think that there's a lot of. I think there are a lot of teams in the bottom halves of most of the G5 conferences that the tops of the Missouri Valley and the Big Sky would beat. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, Bok Choi. Uh, With all due respect to Jesse Sims, points that out. Is this the best one-two punch we've ever had at defensive tackle with Alford and Governor? I can't – I can think of guys where it's like Alan Sines immediately jumps to mind. Yeah. And he was just, but it, it was just Allen. I, I don't even remember who his backup was at that point. It might have been a Mullins I mean, kid. But I just. <sighs> I get, I struggle to, when we get into these, is this the best of the Grizz ever questions? Because um, I just am not the expert on 
rosters year in year out like i sometimes i'll forget guys and then someone right. bring it up and be like oh yeah so it's like i'm the wrong guy to ask some of <laughs> these questions to but again we're two games into the season so i think it's too early to even make that statement but mm-hmm. talk to me in the playoffs yeah yeah because well, if yeah, they the dominate this year and show it then that's an interesting conversation yep. but todd's been fun to watch too he's come into his own and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all right um <laughs> Empty Grizz rule. I think we've touched on a handful of these things. Do we feel Bobby is holding back a lot in the offensive playbook? I mean, how many times can we answer this question? Right, seems probably. Like uh, play calls seem pretty vanilla. Um, do you think we'll see triple option this year? They've kind of showed they it with that. They kind of showed it in the first game. Yeah. Um, I don't want to because we shouldn't be giving our QB <laughs> like these. And you know, frankly, Harris isn't a huge guy either. Like you can take some yeah. hits in the triple option, but. Yeah. The flip side is those guys are both fast, and so it's like if you get some, yeah. get them around the edge and have like, yeah, somebody read it wrong. Like, yeah. Hmm. All right, I didn't notice this. So Empty Grizzrule asked us, "Did we notice that there was a set where an offensive lineman who he thinks was Brandon Casey was spread wide, uh, got called for an offensive penalty before the snap substitution or something, uh, and didn't see what was cooked up for that play? It looked like." to have a blocker on the outside and run like a screen or a sweep. I don't recall that at all. I don't recall that. But, I mean, I certainly could have missed it. I mean, yeah. the penalty I'm thinking of is they had five men in the backfield. Maybe that was the one. But, I don't know. Throw a, throw a lineman out there. Fascinating. But he'd have to report. Yeah, you have to, right? Yeah. Well, mm. as long as you're on the end of the line and you're on the but line. But he's saying split wide. I don't remember that. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I don't remember that. All right. Uh, Alabama Grizzly, this last question we got, unless you found that nope. one that came we in. We already answered um, it. We answered it. Perfect. Um, Alabama Grizzly's running if we think uh, Lucas run, tucks and runs a little too much. Um, Thought he did a good job against Northwestern. Maybe a little too much this last week. I think that he's keeping it a little bit more than he should on the RPO. Yeah. But I think that that's easy for me to stay sitting in the stands and not actually watching film. <laughs> Um, but like on the fourth down play, like I, I feel like if he'd given it to Knight, Knight probably got the first down. I yeah. think it was Knight. Yeah. But he kept it and ran wide and the the South Dakota knew that's what he was gonna do. Yep. But I feel like this is every QB we've had do the RPO, this has been a thing. Like with Sneed mm-hmm. when he first started doing it, and then it's like I think that coaches hammer that in game film and QBs get sick of getting hit. And so they start to get better at get better at it. Yeah. <laughs> Take a few too many shots. Well that was kind of the other point of his question here was um He's wondering if Marcus seems a little hesitant, to, especially with testing the the repaired knee. Um, hesitant to cut and juke a little bit, specifically third down. He pointed out the fourth down, like some of this RPO type stuff as well, too. So he could be, but I also think that he's put on a little bit of weight and yeah. in a good way, like yeah. muscle. And I kind of think that he might be trying to be more of like a put my foot down and go up field. Oh yeah 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 yeah. You know, like I'm gonna hit the guy and get get the yard. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah. yeah, I mean, two games in and having not played football since 2019. It's a long time. Yeah, give him a big grace. Yep. And this could be a great weekend for a breakout for him. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Which you're calling it. So <laughs> That's right. All right, that is it for our fan questions. All right. You got anything else? I'm good here. Yeah. All right, QB Club tomorrow night. 
if you sign up tomorrow, you can join and be there for the meeting. Gogers.com slash QB club. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, good here. All Looking right. Looking this week. Nothing else for me either. So uh, if we know you, we'll see you soon. If not, we'll uh, see you next week. Go Grizz. Fight on.